Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel. And if you are new to the channel, this is something that you've probably not yet experienced once a month, really, when the next month starts. I do a recap of my business. I started doing this about two months ago, right around the COVID-19, right around when coronavirus started, because I personally want to be documenting just what I'm doing in business and, and kind of in my life at the same time. But for right now, this is going to be a specifically business-focused and oriented, and I'm going to be transparent. You can see over my screen, my business expenses, my incomes. I am set up as an LLC with an escort just means that pretty much the tax shelter is very good for me. I'm a one-man small business, and at that point, I just get very nice tax incentives. I get write-offs and all of those types of things, so it's sort of a shelter for me, and also the structure to, one, be legitimate in terms of a business organization when working with clients, and two, scale if I need to scale. So that's what you're seeing over my screen. So most of this income, and pretty much all of the income that is generated, flows through to my account at the end of the year or at any point during the season when I wanted to. And maybe this is going to reach an audience that has no idea who I am, and if that's the case and that's who you are right now, watching this. My name is Sal Vetri, and I own a business, a marketing and media company, Vetri Media LLC. It's just my last name, very creative there. But pretty much what that is going to do is work in the sports and entertainment space. I'd say about 80 to 85% of my income is focused around fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports, um, revenue streams through there, through my own digital products, as you can see on the screen right now, through affiliates, through sponsors, through some contracting work, through some courses that I also have. And now the pinned up video on my Twitter is just going to show you the first video. And really, it's an in-depth on my business, how I started my background, uh, the trials and tribulations or whatever it might be, some tips on how to get it started. So I'd urge you to check that out if you're like, how is this kid doing this? No, this is legitimate. Um, I'm just as shocked as you are. But honestly, just hard work and working triple digit hours per week for over a year to two years uh, will get you accelerated and get you where you want to be much quicker than obviously working 20 hours a week or something. Nothing wrong with that. It's all about the situation that you're in. And I was fortunate enough to be in college where... Uh, college is a joke in the United States. To be blunt with you, I was in a five-year master's degree for business, and I was able to still work 40 to 50 hours a week on my YouTube side gig. So that's how much of a joke that is in terms of workload, but I'm grateful that it is a joke. So I'm going to get into it. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to title this probably June 2020, just so it reaches more people, but we're going to be looking back each month. So there's two videos already out there. I'd urge you to check out the one pinned up in my profile if you just want more background on me, more background on how I actually set these systems up. But for right now, this is going to be taking a look at May of 2020. And before I get into all the numbers and kind of break down the specifics. There's a lot of nuances and that's what I want to discuss. So I want to personally make these videos for myself. And I'm going to put them on YouTube so I can see them. I'm going to save them as an archive somewhere else on a hard drive. So if YouTube ever disappears for myself, because I want to be able to say, hey, this is what I did in year two of my business every single month. This is what I had to face. This is what I had to face during the coronavirus. And I kind of want to just use that to, to look back on one day, right? Some documentation. And I want to start doing that with my life in general. I touched on how my phone, uh, the camera had broken and now the home screen or the home button broke like two days ago. So I'm definitely going to need to get a new phone. It's been five years and I'm just the laziest person when it comes to upgrading technology that I just feel like I don't actually need to since the other buttons work on it. But at this point, we might be getting there. But the whole point of it is to start to document myself, but allow other people to see that. So I'll be answering questions. These things have gotten good feedback. So you reach out to me on Twitter at DFS. You reach out to me in the comment section. But before I get into the nuances of things that happen, and this was the, as predicted in the last video, the worst month, and I'm going to call the bottom on this month in terms of the coronavirus impacting the sales of my business, I'll kind of just go back and look at it. We'll, we'll take a look at April 2020 in this video uh, to kind of give you an idea of where 
it went from April to May. But in February, when the XFL was still going, when everything was kicking, right? The NBA, everything's kicking. There's nothing wrong yet. It's not mid-March when the NBA shuts down and then coronavirus uh, pretty much takes over the United States for the next 60 to 80 days. In February, we were cooking. We were feeling good. We made about $18,000 gross. This number right here, monthly gross income, that is before taxes gross, was $18,000. And then in March, when things got impacted, it obviously got hit because the XFL shut down. So there's a revenue stream. Basketball shut down. So there's a revenue stream. Had to pivot into esports, pivot into some other areas that were being offered in the fantasy sports landscape, work with some of my sponsors and, and, and really develop some plans of action during this time. And I think we did really good damage control because March was about $15,000 in revenue, $15,500 in gross income. So let me get to April where it drops to, I believe, around 14000 And I have it right over here. So I can 13500 And now we are here at the start of June. I'm recording this on June 1st. So it'll come out a few days later, but I just had to change this number because it was, it was pulling away too much extra, but right now gross revenue is 11,426. That is before taxes. And it's also before something else that happened in May, me opening up a retirement account and me opening up through a business for myself. And then me also opening up a home account in terms of buying a home in five to seven years. I have no idea when I'm going to buy a home, but I want to have a large chunk of money to be putting a down payment of hopefully a third to more, maybe even a third to half of it on the house when the time comes. So open up an account for that. I'll get into some details on all that stuff and really the business starting right now. So I have some notes over here because I want to make sure I'm very thorough for myself watching this in the future, but also for you watching this to take some things away from it. So the notables for me, the first thing, experienced a few days of burnout during a stretch of about four rainy days here where I live in North Carolina. And honestly, it rained like six out of seven days and it was absolutely brutal where I usually run. That's how I kind of get my my stress out. I wake up at 4 a.m. I work until about 8, 8.30 a.m. And then I take a run, uh, whatever it is for that day. I'm training for a half marathon. So it is fun to do that for me and it, it relieves a lot of stress and I couldn't do it. So I I started sitting here and I didn't have the best schedule in terms of what I was doing. I, I shifted into different things and it was very good, but I didn't have the best schedule in terms of getting ahead of my content, if that makes sense. Every single morning at four, I was getting up and publishing the video for NFL that day. And yes, I'm doing a lot of NFL content and I'm extremely excited to see what happens with that content come end of July and into August when the search volume for NFL fantasy spikes. We've already got, I would say somewhere around 50 videos in the catalog and there's going to be another 50. So hundred plus videos that are just sitting right now on good viewership. I mean, a good amount of them have a thousand to two thousand views. Some are over three thousand and four thousand, but they're just sitting on this gold mine that's going to, I think, erupt once July and August come to the tune of potentially those videos hitting fifty thousand views. Some of them, maybe even six figures. So I have a lot of high hopes, and I'm really going to be excited to see how that happens. But pretty much, I, I just had a schedule of making the video for that day, and that's not good because I'm just chasing my tail, or at least it started to feel like I was chasing my tail. Now I'm at the point where I have about as I record this, five days of videos planned out. So I have the entire week planned out, but I'm still making videos that day. I want to get to the point where I'm 10 days ahead of schedule because come the end of June, I'm going to be going and visiting my family. I'll probably visit my girlfriend's family with her at some point. Friends and family might come here at some point. So I can't honestly be making a video every single day for the NFL. I used to do that. And I I still do that pretty much for DFS when daily fantasy sports, most of the stuff is in season, but that's because that stuff's easy. I have a process down that gives me all the data. I look at it once and it takes me like 30 minutes to prep. These NFL videos literally take me in terms of the research that I'm doing the preparation, the editing is a big thing. The editing is about three times as long as a DFS video, um, just because I'm adding a lot of on-screen things. The actual research for it, instead of being a half hour, is probably three to four hours. So it's a lot more time. So I have to put in a lot more work and have my schedule around that. So I would say that the biggest thing was I experienced burnout. So I took my first day off, quote unquote day off, and didn't actually stop working um, towards the end, really mid-April. It was a Thursday and I just didn't put a video out. Um, And I'm just like machined in terms of just uh, thinking that I have to put a video out every single day. But at that point, 
I felt really good and it gave me the mindset to work on some other things, finish up some things in terms of the website that we'll talk about that's going to launch soon and finish up some things when it comes to just uh, prioritizing my schedule and figuring out how to do that. That off day was huge because uh, now I'm in a position where probably by the time I come and talk to you at the beginning of July to talk about June sales, one, those sales I, I imagine will be much higher and at least should be higher based on the sports that are coming back. But two, I'm hopeful that at that point I'll have at least 10 days to 14 days of video scheduled for the NFL stuff so that I have a leeway and really a runway of, of videos. If I want to take two to three days off from making videos to go do something with family, I could obviously still work. I get up at 4am. Nobody else does. So I do my laptop stuff, email stuff, um, website building and all that. But when it comes to just the content, I have a backlog of it and just always having, I would say an emergency fund of videos in the catalog of 10 to 14 days, because otherwise you're just chasing your tail daily, right? So taking that day off on Thursday allowed me to prep two to three videos for maybe the next couple of days. And then from there on out, I've been prepping a couple of videos a day. So working a little bit more upfront, but now I have this really big runway. So I have more uh, things to do that specific day or more time and focus and energy to do on the day in and day out. Now that I have a catalog, the pressure is just off. I'll also touch on the fact that in May, a few partnerships either went on hold and maybe ended. I'm, I'm really not certain right now. Uh, so I have one partnership that I've had for over a year at this point, right around a year. Um, they reached out to me saying that uh, pretty much I want to put the partnership on hold, but at the same time, it, what that means is that the revenue from that partnership is going to go away. So I did get paid for May 2020. So it's going to be included in there. So for June, that revenue stream is going to go away. The way that it sounded was as long as I grow and grow the way that I think I'm going to grow when the NFL season comes, we'll probably pick up the partnership back then. So just obviously the pandemic that's going on has been influencing a lot of people's marketing spend and ad budget. And I think I was one of the last people to get let go at that point. So I'm honored in that really great partnerships. The other ones have just been put on hold until the DFS sports come back. Not all of them. I'd say I have five or six partners at this point. I would say about half of them are still going as normal. One of them it seems like has dropped and then the other two are put on hold or reduced so honestly not terrible the website that i'm working on by the time i talk to you in july will be up i'm working with a close friend of mine on this website i'm very excited it's going to be oriented around a draft guide for season-long fantasy football and then there is a chance that i offload some of my patreon content onto there i want to see how that works at first patreon does charge uh, right now if you sign up for patreon eight percent a month which is crazy like if, you, if you're creating a patreon right now i wouldn't i mean i guess i would if you have no other way to go because starting out on patreon there's no upfront costs like having a developer having to buy wordpress and and the membership side of it and all that stuff it's going to cost you probably a few thousand dollars or right around a few thousand depending on how much your developer uh, charges you. Whereas on Patreon, it doesn't cost you anything, but they'll take 8% of your monthly sales. I got in at the founder's price, which is 5%, which is still a lot. That's not even counting the credit card processing. So credit card processing is going to be two or 3%. And now you say that if you make a Patreon today, 8% is taken by them. So you're losing 10 to 11% of your business before you even get a single dime. It's just being taken by credit card processing, which is hard to get around wherever you are, but then also Patreon service fee of right now, 8% for most. And if you want to upgrade to like a team account, so multiple people can be on it, I think it's like 10 to 12% with the credit card. So it's like 15%. So it's a lot of money that you're losing. And I've been pretty curious to see uh, some other people in the industry of fantasy sports, the fantasy footballers, they have a, a fantastic Patreon in terms of the revenue they're bringing in. So maybe they just don't care, or maybe they're in on a founder's price or made a deal with Patreon. But they are, I, I assume, at least starting the similar time as me on Patreon, a little bit earlier for sure. Uh, but I would assume they're getting charged a 5% fee. So it's interesting to see them not offloading that onto a website just yet. Maybe it's just because it's only podcasts and content oriented. So it just works better on Patreon. And I do believe that there's benefits to Patreon in terms of community building, but there are very bad negatives to Patreon when it comes to running a business in terms of that big fee that they're going to be taking once you actually get up and growing. So let's just say that I was to make on Patreon come the NFL season, $10,000 a month. Let's just say I averaged a $10,000 a month throughout the season or whatever it was to get me up to over $100,000. I would just be giving away to Patreon seven grand at that point for pretty much just 
hosting a website for me when I can go and right now pay somebody and have it all up for two, three thousand dollars at most. And there you go. You're saving money right up front on the first year, but then also every year after that. So that's the process that I'm in right now. Definitely going to have the season long stuff on the website opening up in a couple weeks, but I don't want to rush it. I don't want to force it. So if we have to start the NFL season on Patreon and really this whole year over there, I'm completely fine with that. We're all up and running on Patreon. Everything's working great over there. But if it is ready on the website and we got a couple months to work that out, I do want to make it uh, very uh, user friendly. I do want to make it very easy for people to get the content in the same exact way, just at the back end stuff. One, it's more appealing for user experience, but then also the back end stuff of me. There's some other caveats that aren't that great with Patreon. Uh, the back end stuff I have more control over. And it just works and flows better from a business logistics and cost standpoint. So the other thing that I talked about, as you can see right here, uh, overall, the uh, overall revenue was 11981 Maybe it was 12000 We can just say we made an extra 18 bucks somewhere. I'm uh, just kidding, but 12000 somewhere right around there. And then the expenses were $554. So um, the expenses was $554. I've talked about this before. There's no overhead in this industry. I mean, I have no employees, so that would be more overhead for you, more costs. But it's not like I have a brick and mortar business and I would never get a brick and mortar business. And if you're somebody who loves making cakes and opening a cupcake shop or whatever it is, that's fine. You're just gonna have to pay so many costs. Like the idea that I cannot pay, I could pay if I really wanted to less than probably right around 120 to $150 a month in expenses for my business per month. And that idea to most people is just mind boggling because their rent alone is four digits, right? Their their rent alone might be $2,000 a month, uh, three, $4,000 a month if they're in a city at that point. And that's just a huge expense. You just have to do so much more with your business at that point. Whereas me, like if somehow this business crashed to the point where sports still weren't going, but I was still able to generate two to $3,000 a month, I'd be fine, right? I'd be making much less money, but I live way below my means. And I'm thankful that I have that mindset and found resources to push me way below my means, but not only living just way below your means, there's no expenses at all in this industry, right? So my expenses right last month, the biggest one was something for the website. I needed to get a theme builder and something for the website, which was pretty much almost half of my expenses, 224 of my $554 of expenses went to that. I have expenses that I could slash if I never, if I ever needed to, but during this time, I never felt threatened to do so. So email marketing, podcast hosting, my course hosting, uh, those are all fixed costs that are going to be charged monthly to me, 30, 20 and, and $40. So that's fine. Wi-Fi and electric. I do work from home. I work from a workspace, but they account towards a, a write-off for a business. So I have a Wi-Fi, $60. My electric was $90. I share an apartment with my girlfriend. And then after that, just data access for some sports, esports stuff is on here, uh, right there for $42.54. Marketing, I think that's Photoshop, $17 I put in there. So those are all my expenses. It came out to $554. Obviously, the website cost is a one-time cost that I usually won't have. So if you take that away, really my website costs and really my business costs for the month were a little over $300. And now I want to get to the point that I touched on earlier. I did open a retirement account. That's what's in blue right here and blue right here. So retirement accounts, I opened two things. I opened an account for a house. I don't know the exact name. Maybe it's an IRA or Roth IRA or something like that. But then I also opened up a retirement account through an SEP. It's a SEP. It's a, a self-employment pension. And there's two options to go when you are a, a sole proprietor or not a sole proprietor, but an LLC one-man business. You can go solo 401k or a, a self-employment pension. I don't really know. I know the difference between the two of them. At this point, the financial advisor that I had said it was better to go with the SEP. So I ended up going with the SEP. I'll be keeping a close eye on it to just see how it does, but have some people behind it that I trust in terms of uh, the financial advisor and the team that I really went to there. Uh, just some old friends and also some people that just sound very, very educated. And I know a good amount about that side of the market and have read a lot of books on it. But just in general, I don't want to be spending time managing all that when I can spend time on my business and spend time on my personal life. So I'll float it on to somebody else, let them take their 1% or whatever it ends up being over your lifetime uh, for a financial advisor fee. I think that's a good way to invest your money as well. Uh, if you're going to be spending money on something, might as well spend it on an accountant, a financial advisor, somebody who's out there at least 
you think to get you uh, the biggest return on your investment and work for you. So what I did with that was, you're not going to see it. I have a personal monthly budget sheet. This is my balance sheet, profit and loss for my business. But my personal one, you're going to see a $1,000 expense for housing. So I'm going to be putting $1,000 a month away for a house at minimum. I could add more if I want to, but the minimum that it's going to withdraw every month is 1000 And then for my business account at the bank, it's going to be taking $1,000 per month minimum out of that for my self-employment pension. And the self-employment pension fund is going to be a business expense. Yes, that is an expense because I am an employee of my business. So it is paying my retirement. So I'm going to actually be able to deduct that per month. And it's going to actually work as a tax write-off while also working in my favor and generating that positive interest to actually build towards retirement. So my goal there is to be putting away at least $1,000 a month into each of those accounts. And then the big goal would actually be to end up putting in as much extra as I can and into the self-employment pension. My big goal is to get to, I don't know, I haven't pinpointed a certain number, but by the time I'm 30, I'm turning 24 in a couple of weeks at the end of June, really, by the time I make this next video, it'll be like the day after my birthday or something. By the time that I'm 30, so six years or so, maybe by my mid 36 to seven years, I would like to have somewhere around 150 to $200,000 in a retirement fund, because the idea of starting early is the biggest factor of it. If you start at 50 years old and you want to have that much money in there, one, it's probably going to be a lot harder with all the other expenses and maybe other family members, kids, wife, all that stuff that you actually have to take care of. But two, you don't have as much years, right? Maybe you want to retire at 60. So you got 10 years, you have to pile things in there. It's never going to get to a high enough number. If I have per month, somewhere around a thousand dollars going in there, pretty much put it this way. If you were my age and you put $300 per month into a retirement account, and I'm going to hopefully put a thousand or more, I'm fine putting up to 4,000 or whatever my max is. I think my max per year is 58,000 in this account. But if you put that in per month for nine years, $300 per month, if you can come up with that for nine years, you would have, I think, somewhere around $2 million, $1.8 million at the time of retirement. Now, that's a great amount of money, right? But that's to survive you for the rest of your life. My goal is to be putting in, and honestly, I would love to have um, somewhere, it's going to just compound. The market usually doubles every seven years. I don't want to get too deep into this as we talk about the business, but I, it is going to compound. The market usually will double every seven years, your retirement account on average. Yes, it's not a pure fact every single seven years, but on average, that's what's going to happen. Just, it will grow. The economy, it survived COVID for now. It will grow. It continues to grow. Businesses continue to open up. People continue to work. So it's just going to grow over time. So my big goal, and this is a bold goal, but it's something that I really do want to do, is to have somewhere around 50 to $100 million in retirement. Hopefully I can have more than that by the time that I'm like 60 to 70 years old, maybe even 50s, have somewhere around 50 million in there. And that sounds like a bold number, but I'm starting young. So, uh, and I'm going to be putting a ton of money away into that. I put 85% of my income, 90% of my income onto my student loans for the past year. I could put a far chunk of it, at least legally, up to 58,000 onto my retirement. And the big reason I want to do that is one, I would like to retire, quote unquote, early. I, I am a type A personality. I'll be working nonstop for the rest of my life, probably. But I would like to be able to take trips, never have to worry, make sure all my family is taken care of, and then also make sure strangers are taken care of, do random acts of kindness. I want to be able to do that uh, willfully and just whenever I want to. And having that level of money and security, yes, I can leave money behind for the people, children, family members after me, but I also want to be able to live in the moment and work for other people in, in kind ways, random acts of kindness. So a goal of mine is to have enough money and an overwhelming amount of money to help out other people, not only in my family, but just strangers out there that can use to help organizations, whatever it might be. So that's a big goal of mine that I'm going to be striving for. So that's why I opened up the retirement account so early to one, take advantage of it. Right now, the amount of money that I'm, I'm able to generate with this business at a young age and take advantage of that time, the biggest variable when it comes to uh, compounding interest for your retirement and yourself to be able to help myself, my family, and then also just uh, my community. 
So I want to call the bottom on May 2020. When I say when I say call the bottom is that for this specific year and hopefully ever, but for May of 2020 and 2020 in general, I'm going to call the bottom on $11,426 being the least money that the business generates because we have sports coming back. MMA and NASCAR are already up and running covering those on Patreon. Golf, as I say, this is going to be back in 10 days from this recording. That's fantastic. The 11 days from this recording, the League of Legends is back. They have big prize pools. So we're in a situation now where we have like eight sports in DFS. We've got four big ones. We have all of our NFL stuff kind of building up for myself on the YouTube and the podcast, as well as the site about to launch. It's a very exciting time in terms of the growth potential. And then when you factor in that the NFL is only a couple months away from the preseason, really like two months away from the preseason, and I'll be covering preseason NFL as well as making season long videos. I'm very excited. So I do think that this is going to be the, the low point. We're going to call the bottom here. So uh, let's see how that ends up happening. So I do think that this is officially a good time to call the bottom. Knock on one if you can hear that. We'll see what happens. But the NHL and NBA, they have plans to get back up in the next two months. The NBA announced July 31st. I'll see if I'm going to still cover the NBA. The playoffs sound great. It's not as hard to cover since there's less teams, of course. Uh, but with the fact that the M- NBA playoffs are starting right around the NFL preseason. And that's really the biggest crunch time for season-long content, making sure I'm all cataloged, backlogged, and all that stuff for NFL. But also covering the preseason, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of beat writing, uh, readings of all that stuff. But I'd like to cover it. We'll see what they go with the format how many teams probably not going to cover NHL I never have but yeah all these sports are coming back they're all back really within the next 10 days NHL and NBA will be back within the next six to eight weeks and then right around eight to nine weeks from now the NFL preseason starts which is a huge huge time commitment but also a a, a high upside money maker is something that I love to already look into and provide in a content and value sort of way so now I'll kind of deep dive into each of these revenue streams the expenses we can talk about but they're they're what they are their expenses we kind of already talked about them so looking at Patreon right now it's saw another reduction and this is where I'll call the bottom so at the start of all this for April and May, when we were talking in our first video in March, I said, I want to bake in a 30% loss for each of the following months. I don't actually think we ever got to that 30% loss in April. We might've hit it in May, but I'm happy that I did that. And that's one of the big takeaways that I had. You should always plan. First of all, whenever things go crazy, yes, you're going to panic. Yes. You own a business. It's very scary, but you should always plan overshoot your expenses and undershoot your income brought in so that you're in a mindset that says, this is what happens if we're already in the worst case scenario, potentially, but even if more worst case scenario happens, do not overshoot your income. Do not try and guess your income in a positive way. Undershoot your income and overshoot your expenses so that you can plan for a situation and only have low expectations so that you have low expectations so that if anything positive happens, now you're in even a better spot for your business, your employees, whatever it might be. That's at least my opinion on the matter. So Patreon saw another hit down to honestly $7,000. Um, there's a lot going on on Patreon in terms of what I'm covering. Loads of stuff from the esports landscape to MMA and NASCAR now coming back. Uh, so uh, baseball, Korean baseball, there's a ton of stuff over there. So I'm very excited that people stayed on. I also think a big part of it is just my brand and personality being very one-on-one with a lot of patrons and being just a kind person, a transparent person. I think a lot of people that had the means to continue to support me and also wanted to play DFS, but I think that's another pull towards it, right? I'm not just a nameless person. I'm not just an organization without a personality or a brand behind it. The fact that I do have a personality, I am an on-camera personality and a personal brand, really. I think that it helped people just connect with me more and not want to just say, let's hang this guy out to the dust as if it was just a big organization or company that they're just taking their subscription away for that month. There's no personal connection there. There's no development of a relationship that went on if you're kind of a nameless and faceless organization. So I think that's a big piece of it. So to the patrons out there that are watching this, if you're anybody still watching this, I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you. So the sales went from April, I believe, to uh, May, I believe it was. Yeah, so it was around $9,000, just under 9000 for Patreon in April. You can see that right here at the top. This is the April streams. So then May, $7,000. So this was higher than I thought. I was baking in around this being $5,500 to $6,000 and I ended up getting up to $7,000. So higher than I thought and very, very grateful for that. 
heading down to sponsors and affiliates now. So when it comes to sponsors and affiliates, again, I talked about one of them kind of um, pausing and maybe even being done. I'm not exactly sure. I'll probably reach out to them once the NFL season gets a little bit closer in a month or two, but that did not impact May yet. That'll impact June. I already got paid for May. We finished out May pretty strong. Love the partnership there. Hoping to work with them soon. And then another one was put on hold. So that's going to take a little bit of knock, but the sponsorship side actually went up, but it was really just the way that I categorized it. One of them is going to be mainly affiliate based, but during this time, I kind of built in in negotiations a bottom number that I get paid monthly no matter what. And that really helped when COVID came in and we signed a six month contract. So I feel good about that. So the sponsorship is going to actually be higher than last month, $1,900 last month, $3,900, a little bit over that close to $4,000 this month. In affiliates, this is mainly because one of the sites just stopped offering contests that I have as an affiliate partner. They're back up. So I'm not going to have much there in affiliates, $18 for May, but I already have a good chunk of affiliate signups from uh, May that are going to count in June. So when we go over that, they're actually, this number is already going to be a few hundred dollars at the minimum higher. YouTube ads obviously went down and it went down from 648 to 290. And there's a couple of reasons why this happened. One viewership on some stuff just dropped, but it really wasn't viewership overall because I'm still getting a good amount of viewership on the NFL in the daily fantasy videos that I do create. It's because I stopped putting a mid-roll ad in. So when you put a mid-roll ad in, you don't technically double your ads because not every single person who watches your video will watch up to the mid-roll. But on YouTube, you could put an ad at the beginning and he has as much as you want in between. And then at the end of your video, as long as it's 10 minutes and as long as you are approved into uh, the YouTube uh, professional partner, whatever it is, 1000 subscribers and 4000 watch hours. So uh, I ended up having that ability and I have had that ability, but I took out the mid roll ads because I want to see if it impacts my watch time, watch time and click through rate are the biggest things on YouTube to force viewership and show it to more people organically. So for all the NFL videos, I don't want to put a mid roll ad that maybe I'll end up making a few extra bucks on and really who cares at that point. I like the nine minute mark of the video because if people then tune out at nine minutes, it's going to drop my watch time. Whereas if there's no mid roll ad and maybe instead I just say, Hey, can you hit that like button and subscribe button? And that's my mid roll ad. And that's very organic and doesn't really rub people the wrong way. They'll keep watching. And now maybe they watch the entire video or they watch 13 minutes. Even if they watch another minute, it's still going to increase my watch time. So I do think mid roll ads are a detriment to a lot of people. You can put them at the very far end or right before you're about to say something important, maybe because then you don't think people will sign off. But if it is going to impact your watch time, which I think most do, it is a little bit of a concern. So that's something that probably ended up like YouTube, instead of being $290 last month, probably would have been somewhere closer to like 500, 450, if I didn't take that away, but I don't care about that extra hundred or $200 because I do think it's creating more subscribers. I do create, think it's creating a bigger, longer watch time, which shows it to more people, which means more subscribers, which means potentially more YouTube ad revenue, uh, just at the beginning and end advertisements in the long run. And then also people who just potentially buy products, Patreon, whatever it might be the draft guide. And then it's just a bigger subscriber base. So more people want to put sponsors and ads on my channel. So I think that's just a little more longer term play. I'll, sub- I'll give up the hundred to $200 right now uh, for that long term play contracting i did a contracting project i actually did two contracting projects i've only gotten paid so far for one the other one's going to come in any day so i was hoping this number could have said it's going to be another 500 i was hoping this number could have said 1100 so we could have gotten above uh, the twelve thousand dollar threshold right here for the month uh, but they'll probably be paying me honestly if not today in the next couple of days courses a couple of courses sold in an nfl course i have an nfl daily course and a league of legends course one of each of those sold so that was good to see i'm going to be revamping my nfl course so i'm actually very excited for that i'm going to be revamping that for the season once i get this the season long stuff done probably in the end of July beginning of August, somewhere around there, I'll revamp it. It's about 10 hours of uh, courses. So I probably don't need to add too much to it. It's more so just creating new videos to take place of some of the stuff I said in those other ones, and then adding some new things in there, but it's going to be revamped. I'm excited for that. And that gives you all my revenue. So there's all my May revenue. We talked about the April revenue. The expenses are are pretty straightforward. I kind of already glossed over them, um, but expenses, we probably don't need to go too much into. It's just utilities. It's just email and podcast hosting, like course hosting, and then that one-off cost for uh, the website, Photoshop's in there, data access. It's not that much. 
much. And then you can see just right here is the breakdowns of everything. So total income before taxes, total expenses, subtract both of those figures. And then I get my total monthly gross income. So the, the total expenses are deduction of taxes. So that's why you don't tax this top number. And then this number will be taxable. But I also put a thousand dollars into a retirement account. That is a deduction. So I take this number right here. As you can see, I take a thousand dollars off of it right by my head right now. And then this is my overall after my investment and after expenses income that is taxable. So ten thousand four hundred and twenty six dollars is the amount of money that is taxable. I probably put somewhere around 20 to 22% of that away. I will be charged around 20% of that when it's all said and done, most likely, maybe a little bit more. So I'll put about 20% of this away. The rest I can keep in my business account where I can flow through right to myself or any purchases that I personally want to make, maybe a new phone probably at some point, um, or I can just start to load up a lot of that money into a retirement account, into the housing account, whatever I want to do with that money. Another thing that I can do is reinvest it into the business. And I am looking for ways to do that. If you're still watching to, to this point, I've been very much debating uh, trying to get another personality onto the channel outside of myself. I've talked to a couple of close friends of mine, so we're going to try and work out a show there. I've been trying to find an editor. I have a brother who edits videos, but I don't want to just throw him all of my dirty work there. I'm trying to find an intern in that regard. That does not mean anybody that's watching this is automatically now eligible to be an intern, and I'm not even sure if I want to at this point, but I want very experienced people. I want people who can see my videos and how I edit them and pretty much duplicate it and send me a copy of how I edited them. Like I don't want people that have never edited. I don't want people who have never researched uh, fantasy sports or really don't have any type of experience in that realm. I don't want to be training somebody up. Otherwise, I'll just train up my brother, right? At that point, it's easier to communicate. It's easier to have trust there. So if you are somehow watching this still at this point in the video and you have very good video editing experience or at least adequate enough to see the videos that I'm making and say, I know how to actually edit that. And I can edit that the exact same way for the NFL stuff. That is all the overlays, some of the stuff that I'm doing, taking out my gasps because that takes me about an hour and a half to two hours a day. I don't need to be doing that. If I sent you like three videos to do, I can just pay you as an intern. And then also if you have on-camera personality experience, that does not mean you worked at a school play, uh, but if you actually have done this stuff on YouTube, you're comfortable, you know how to look up stuff, you know how to actually carry a show, reach out to me as well because I might be doing some shows during the NFL season and really in July and August. Just trying to talk about some topics so it's a less prep work for me. Those videos take three to four hours to prep. If I can get some that only take maybe an hour, not even an hour, just building a show sheet and a conversation carries the show instead of my brain and all the information that I have carrying the show, uh, just once a week or something like that, that would be nice. I'm probably gonna try it out with my friends at first, but if other people have an idea for a show, a segment, a dynasty show, maybe once a week, whatever it might be, reach out to me, see if I can get something going. I'm fine paying people for one show per week, something like that, but I'm not going to be paying somebody who doesn't have experience. So if you do not have a YouTube channel, if you do not have a way to actually show me a portfolio of your work for a long amount of time, that is crisp work. Uh, then I'm sorry, but you are not going to be eligible, but I'll probably post something on Twitter soon about this. But if you're watching this video to this point, you'll get a little bit of a, a, a head start on that one. So just to finish it up, the overall income uh, for these months went from last year after taxes, and I did not have the retirement account yet. So a little bit over 13,500. This month, it's going to be 10,040. 10,426. But you have to remember I had $1,000 taken off for the retirement account. So it was a drop of about $2,000. And I'm going to call this the bottom. The total income before investments was 11,426. I'm calling the bottom on that. I think next month, it's going to be higher. And then definitely once we start to enter the months when NBA returns in July, and then August when the NFL returns, I think it's going to be higher. I think the one revenue stream that's going to be coming and going to be kind of something I'm not even planning for having a lot of revenue from, but I likely will, is the season guide, the draft kit that's going to be sponsored by a couple of different sponsors. And at that point, make me even more money than I was if I just sold it to people. It'll be cheaper for the consumer. So I'll close it out with what I've learned during this experience and still I'm learning, of course, every single month. I'm extremely grateful for the resources and just wherever like I was, why, why I'm so curious. And whenever somebody asks, what is your greatest strength? I have always, you know, 
BS and answer in interviews or whatever. But the other day I was thinking, and it's my curiosity. It's without a doubt my curiosity. And that just means that whether it's in relationships and just seeing what's bothering somebody, reading body language, whether that's in business and just trying to learn more, read a bunch of books. I have a couple sitting right by me that I want to be able to read over the next month, whether that's in finances and just saying, why is everybody doing this wrong? How can you be making $5,000 a month in your job, but then you're walking away with nothing at the end of the day? What are you spending your money on? Uh, whatever it is, I'm just so, so curious. And because of that, my curiosity, I just am a self learner when it comes to reading, when it comes to researching things, when it comes to reaching out and asking people for their advice on stuff, I, I don't really hesitate. So I did have about a one-year emergency fund in place. And I'm grateful that I didn't, didn't have to drain that emergency fund during this time, because you can see the business was still doing okay. It saw a good hit, right? We made $11,000 this month. In February, we were cooking, making 18500 during all the sports, the XFL, all that stuff. Hopefully the XFL comes back for next year, uh, just in terms of love the product, but also it's a, it's a nice revenue stream for me. But I am grateful that I had that one-year emergency fund because I never felt threatened, right? I obviously felt threatened for my business because sports, maybe they're not going to come back for a year, right? And then I'm screwed in that point. So there's a point of maybe panic, maybe a little bit of worry towards the beginning of it. But I always felt okay, because I never felt like even if this revenue stream dropped like a 100 bucks a month, and that, that was never going to happen unless this lasted for years, honestly, at that point. But even if it did, I had a year's worth of expenses covered, I could not work for a year and still be fine. And what this has taught me is that is so valuable, because I did not have added stress, I did not have added pressure, it did not really affect my relationship in any negative way, my personal relationship with my family my girlfriend, all those things. And having that one-year emergency fund was amazing. And now as a business owner, I plan to build that up to a two-year emergency fund. So as I'm putting money aside for a house, as I'm putting money aside for retirement, I'm also going to put more money per month aside in my emergency fund, because if the time ever comes where I want to maybe step away from what I'm doing, and I have no intentions of doing that right now, or if I just get forced to step away because sports end or YouTube shuts down, whatever it might be, right? If I have two years worth of expenses set aside, I know without a question of a doubt that I'll never have to step into another office and work for another boss who's working for another boss who's working for another boss who's not even doing a lot of work anymore to make a lot of money at that point. I'm not doing that. I'm not spending my time uh, getting well, well underpaid and overworking in a nine to five standard job, in my opinion. So if I have two years of expenses set aside, there's no doubt in my mind that if I have two years of time to work on something new and build another business or just some sort of side hustle that allows me to not go into an office, two years is more than enough time to do that. And I'll be able to probably one year is enough time as well. But there's pressure there as you're like in your fifth or sixth month, and maybe it's starting to work, you're starting to figure it out like, damn, I got to get this done in a couple months. Otherwise, I got to start looking for a job. But no, if you build a two-year emergency fund, just for me at that point, I know it's a lot of money. A lot of people just say three to six months. I think six to 12 months, and honestly, a year is, is the one that you want to have. And if anything... The whole pandemic should show you that. But as somebody who works for themselves and not an employer, I want a two-year emergency fund in place so that I never have to go back to a nine-to-five job, which technically I never did outside of internships. And you always want to plan. Like I said, I touched on it. You want to undershoot your overall income during these times and just really in general, in my opinion, and overshoot your expenses so that you're not in a situation where you're strapped for cash, right? So you always want to plan because what gets measured gets managed. That's a saying that I'll always live by. That is why if you follow my content, I'm very Excel and Google Sheets oriented. You'd see right here, I dress it up a little bit for the presentation style, but I also like dressing it up since I look at this stuff. So what gets measured gets managed. The outlook for me, I cannot wait. Sports are already coming back. We have three big sports come already back with NASCAR and MMA and PGA right around the corner, less than by the time you're watching this, less than probably right around a week from now, I'm going to release this a week before the PGA kicks back up. The site is coming out this month. So I'm excited for that. The NFL videos, they're not going to erupt this month of June, but July, they'll start to get more traction. And then August is where that spike in viewership for fantasy football goes in. We're going to have a huge, huge, 
huge catalog of probably 120 videos at that point. So I cannot wait. I'm very excited. So thank you for tuning into this future self. Thank you for rewatching this. So I'm making these for my own documentation purposes, but people out there have said they've gotten a lot from them. Hopefully you're all doing well at this time. Hopefully maybe you picked up some nuggets from this. This is my May 2020 business side, not the personal side. The personal side is obviously whatever I want to take from this pretty much in my personal expenses, but this is the business side of my business for what I'm going to be calling the bottom, the bottom of May, 2020. Uh, this is going to be the lowest month in terms of revenue for my business is what I'm going to be calling right now. We'll see what happens next month. But thank you so much. My name is Salvatri. Please do hit the subscribe button. If you enjoyed this video, please do hit the like button. If you enjoyed this video, let me know any comments that you might have. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at Salvatri DFS with any questions that you might have during this time. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you all in the next one. Next business vlog will be July 1st, probably a day after my video, I'll shoot it. And then I'll put it up a couple days later. So peace out gang. Enjoy the rest of your day.